This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. In today's challenging world, it's very easy to start feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed. If you're experiencing any of these feelings, BetterHelp is here for you. They offer licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you're matched with a therapist in as little as 48 hours. You can also request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. Join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. That's BetterHelp.com slash Holidays After Dark. Hey, spooky souls, welcome to Holidays After Dark, the podcast that explores all the creepy, weird, and previously unknown sides of the holidays we all know and love. I'm your host, Kristen. Happy Halloween! This episode comes out on the actual day of Halloween thanks to some very fortunate timing with my Tuesday release schedule, and I'm so excited to get to spend a major holiday with all of you, especially one of my favorites. What are your plans for tonight? Going trick-or-treating? Dressing up for a fabulous Halloween party? Or maybe you're like me and you're just going to stay in and watch Halloween movies and revel in the most ghastly delicious night of the year. After all, there's no wrong way to spend your All Hallows' Eve. Regardless of what I'm doing every year on this day, even if it's just another routine work day like this year, there is always some kind of magical essence in the air. Most people seem to be a little more carefree or lighthearted on this day, perhaps as they relive the same magical energy a night of trick-or-treating used to give them when they were younger. Tomorrow, at least for me, will be the kickoff to the Christmas season. Sometimes it really blows my mind when it's time to say that each year. It simultaneously seems to come up so fast, yet it also feels like Christmas has been gone forever every year. I know it's a bit early for most people, but it's just right for me, because it helps me defeat any sadness that begins to creep in due to the end of Halloween time. But for tonight, I will continue enjoying this Halloween and prepare to bid it farewell until next year. Last year around this time, I shared a book on the show called A Coal City Halloween Volume 1, written by Emily P. Bush with paintings by William Kevin Petty. Well, this year I have some exciting news. This incredible pair is back with A Coal City Halloween Volume 2, Witch Hazel, which serves as a follow-up to the first book. They were kind enough to get me an advanced copy so I could read it and talk about it on the podcast, and as soon as I started reading the whimsical poetry and flipping through the spooky, cute artwork, I was hooked once again. The stories are based in a place called Witch Hazel, which is described as a hidden neighborhood of Coal City, the town the series of books takes place in. I think my favorite thing about Volume 1 and now Volume 2 is how they both really transport me into the town, probably due to the detailed descriptions in the poetry and the incredible artwork that really brings my mental images of the setting and characters to life. 
All of the food establishments shown, such as Donut by Doris, Witch Hazel Bakery, and the Ice Cream Truck are some of my favorites. There's something so cozy about a little bakery frequented by ghosts and skeletons around Halloween time eating and making tasty treats. I certainly want to go there. I also love how on the in-between pages breaking up the different poems and stories, the art is actually the front of old-school-looking postcards, and when you flip the page, you get to read the message, sent to and from different characters in the town. I reached out to William to hear his take on the history of his and Emily's books and the artwork they contain, as well as the inspiration for A Coal City Halloween Volume 2, and here's what he said. Somewhere around 10 years ago, I was in Kuwait just drawing and putting together a portfolio when I met Emily via Facebook, who was writing steampunk novels at the time. Soon, we were collaborating on a few steampunk children's books, and over the years, our process has evolved. Basically, I do a series of paintings for an art show. She writes poems and stories to accompany them. Our friend Teresa Curtis turns the whole thing into a book that we self-publish via Amazon. It's an extremely satisfying way to collaborate with friends, geek out on holiday stuff, our books have become increasingly Halloween-centric over the years, and provide a way for art, holiday, Halloween fans to play along with us. We are really just creating things for the sheer joy of it. Increasingly, we have found that adults buy our books for themselves more often than not, so we gently add sophisticated themes, more complex poetry and stories, and just lean into the fact that we have zero corporate oversight. The images are inspired by early 20th century Americana, specifically postcards and the Works Progress Administration photographic collections of that era. We wanted to make a gentle, humorous, nostalgic collection that invites the reader to play along with us. This will likely be a series with several new paintings done every year, mostly because it's so much fun to explore this little world. Thank you, William, for providing this insight into the books and about the collection as a whole. I want to share one of the poems that opens the book and really sets the tone for the adventure that lies ahead. This is The Ballad of Witch Hazel. In a trunk where shadows forbid the day, a night-bound burg where darkness stays, witch hazel by name sweet haunted ground, where ghosts and skeletons hang around. Amidst the darkness as it's always night, moonlight's glow lifts a curious sight. Ghosts and skeletons strolling hand in hand, it's always Halloween in this magic land. Here in Witch Hazel, it's a milder time. A water tower sheds a jack-o'-grin's shine. Its fiery cast an orange-eerie show, guiding freed souls with its beckoning glow. Fair melodies drift from hillsides quite near. Whispers of long-lost tales lick the ear. Ice cream parlors, all cobwebs and charms, serve spectral treats fresh from the farm. Skeletons sway, bones clacking in time, creating a village that echoes and rhymes. The harbor is filled with mariner types. Plains and witches trail foggy stripes. Here, each night's a gay masquerade, where apparition adventures are proudly displayed. Glowing pumpkins on porches glance out the front gates, their flickering smiles a mock to death's fate. Children in costumes carefree and bold, trick-or-treat nightly, not feeling the cold. 
for this Halloween without end carries on. Forever the twilight brings wonder anon. Dare you to wander this mystical place, ignoring the unchanging timing and space. For here the ghosts revel as it always has been, as it will carry onward all nights. Halloween. I strongly encourage all of you to buy a copy or two of A Coal City Halloween Volume 2, as well as Emily and William's other books. I really can't recommend them enough for all ages and interests. They are available on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Your purchase is a great way to support these incredible independent artists and add to your Halloween literature collection. Last year, I spent Halloween night in LA, and when I was planning out how exactly I was going to spend one of my favorite nights of the year, I knew I had to head to the flats of Beverly Hills, specifically the street where the Spadina House, also known as the Witch's House, is. This unique storybook home is located at 516 North Walden Drive and looks like something that emerged straight out of a fairy tale. There's no doubt that it really stands out among the mega mansions it is surrounded by in the neighborhood. It has a steeply pointed roof, a moat of sorts filled with koi fish, warped wooden shingles, and ragged shutters, which all make it look more worse for wear than it actually is, effectively adding to the illusion that a creepy old witch of the Hansel and Gretel variety lives there. Even the landscaping is spooky, with lots of thorny bushes, overgrown plants, vines, and black and red flowers. The current owner of the house, and yes, he actually lives in it, is Michael J. LeBeau, an LA-area real estate agent and lifelong Beverly Hills resident. He bought the home in 1998 and has spent the years since meticulously customizing the interior of the house to match the whimsical exterior, making it look centuries older than it actually is. According to LAist.com, LeBeau has done tons of work to the over 3,500 square foot property, saying in an interview that 95-98% to of the interior is new material made to look old. He reportedly even brought on film production and set designers to help bring his vision to life. In the interview, he says he was inspired by Spanish architect Antony Gaudi's work, and that during the remodel, his goal was really to make the house more cool than kitschy, while still maintaining its history and uniqueness. The witch's house is not open to the public, but many of the Hollywood tour buses make it a frequent stop, as it serves as a great photo op for locals and tourists alike. Thankfully, LeBeau has allowed cameras into his beloved home a time or two. In an interview with ABC7's Eyes on LA, LeBeau points out the unique features of the interior of the home, such as broken tiles arranged into ornate mosaics, hand-carved wood detailing, curved fireplaces and doorways, antique floors, and plenty of unique furniture. Fortunately, the home has been listed on Beverly Hills' local register of historic properties since 2013, meaning it can't be torn down. The house was built in 1921 for a silent film studio in Culver City to serve as its offices and dressing rooms, according to the website lovebeverlyhills.com. When the studio shut down, the home was moved to its current location in Beverly Hills, where it has been since 1934. The film studio's art director, Harry Oliver, actually designed the house. 
He decided on a storybook style, which is a fairy tale-like style of architectural design that grew in Los Angeles during the 1920s and 30s. This isn't surprising, as Hollywood has always been a place for the unique, fantastic, and whimsical. The brothers who owned the film studio eventually closed it down, with plans to demolish the witch house, but film producer Ward LaSalle wanted to purchase it to use as his own private residence. He moved the home from Culver City to its current location on the corner of Walden and Carmelita Avenue in Beverly Hills. The earliest building permits to the home date back to 1924, when a new two-car garage was installed in the back of the house. According to a landmark assessment and evaluation report, the Lascelles began renting part of their home to a musician named Louis Spadina in the 1930s. The Lascelles subsequently divorced in 1938, and Lillian Lascelle got to keep the house. She and Spadina, you know, the guy she and her former husband had rented to, ended up getting married in the late 1940s, which solidified the official name of the residence as the Spadina House. The new couple continued to live in the house until they sold it to Martin and Doris Green in 1965. The president of the Beverly Hills Historical Society told LAist that the witch's house became a tourist attraction the minute it arrived in Beverly Hills in the 1920s. The home even began being featured on postcards alongside celebrity homes, even though no one famous lived there. As I can attest to, the witch's house is a major attraction on Halloween night. It's not uncommon for three to 5,000 kids to show up on this night for the ultimate trick-or-treating experience. When I was there last year, there were police officers directing traffic and keeping the crowds moving, as I'm sure it all gets a little overwhelming for the surrounding neighbors. There were also cosplayers at the house, dressed as the witches from the film Hocus Pocus, handing out candy and mesmerizing trick-or-treaters. Without a doubt, the Spadina House, or Witch's House, is truly a mystical, magical place in the center of a town where everything else can look so alike, so manufactured. Even though I've gone to it a million times and taken photos every time I visit, I still feel drawn to stop by the house every time I'm in town. It's a truly bright star in the Hollywood night, and I hope that one day all of you are lucky enough to spend a Halloween gazing at the gardens of the Witch House. If you have any interesting holiday-related stories or unique fun facts you'd like me to share in an episode this season, feel free to send them to me. Email Kristen at HolidaysAfterDark.com, direct message at HolidaysPodcast on Instagram or Twitter, or find Holidays After Dark on Facebook. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss your dose of holiday darkness. A rate or review would also be greatly appreciated. Thank you to my sister Ashley for editing and producing the podcast. Today I will leave you with some lyrics from the song This Is Halloween, written and composed by Danny Elfman for the film The Nightmare Before Christmas. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This, our town of Halloween. This is Halloween, this is Halloween, pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween, everybody make a scene, trick or treat till the neighbor's gonna die of fright. It's our town, everybody scream, in this town of Halloween.
This episode is sponsored by Keen. Are you wondering what 2023 will have in store for you? Or maybe you're looking for love advice or to get a tarot card reading to give you some guidance on how you should proceed throughout the year? Well, look no further. Keen connects you with gifted psychics, tarot readers, and astrologers. All you have to do is create an account and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. Their readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. You also have the freedom to choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect with them via phone call or text. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Go to trykeen.com slash holidays after dark to save big on your first reading. That's T-R-Y-K-E-E-N dot com slash holidays after dark. Feel more confident about your future by trying Keen today.